to the latest edition of the Magic Hour here at the Forum Club on The Athletic. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky coming to you on Monday, February 3rd, right? It is February. February 3rd, which means we are a mere three days, Andy, away from the NBA trade deadline, which is noon Pacific time. The West Coast podcast. We're not interested in your 3 p.m. Eastern. It's noon Pacific. Absolutely. Uh, on Thursday. So um, West Coast is the best coast, baby. What? What? Um, and it's not because of me doing things like that. So that didn't help. No, no. The weather's good. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even today. It's, no, it's windy. It's very, very windy in Southern California. Um, so we're gonna d- d- devote. The, you know, it's obviously been a, a heavy time in LA. Uh, but the Lakers are back on the floor. They played this weekend. We talked about uh, Friday night's game in our previous podcast, which you can go back and listen to. Um, it's like and then they played uh, the next night Sacramento, Sacramento and really and... just beat the crap out of them. Um, yes, they've got games this week. They play Tuesday. They play Thursday. But really, the big news is the deadline, and you know the the business of the NBA goes on uh, for better or and for worse. I think it's it's both of those things. Um, and the Lakers got to figure this out. I mean, this is going to be uh, a, a question regardless. Obviously, the context is different. We'll get to that as the show goes on. But Andy, you know, what the Lakers needed before the uh, the accident that killed Kobe Bryant and, and his daughter and those seven other people on that helicopter, the, the needs of the team haven't changed. Like, no. they've still got stuff that they have to think about addressing and um, f- fairly limited means to do it. Uh, but I figured let's let's start by just kind of going back through that checklist of like, okay, Lakers are obviously very good. They're still in first place in the Western Conference. What do they need? I mean, the best thing and the worst thing for Rob Palinka and the rest of the front office, Brian, in figuring this out is that the needs have been pretty evident and consistent all season. Right. And to me, it's a, a lack of playmaking, reliable, ball-handling guards, or I guess hybrids, that aren't LeBron. And we've seen all season that the offense can become pretty dysfunctional when LeBron is not specifically yes. the guy running it. Any floor Pretty com- dysfunctional is a nice way to say it. The any, offense is bad right, when he's not there. Any floor combination with LeBron is basically bulletproof. But the minute you take LeBron off the floor, there can be struggles. And Rajon Rondo has not been a reliable source for just keeping things afloat. Of anybody, of any Laker on that plays twenty minutes or more, any Laker that plays meaningful minutes on this team, LeBron, uh, LeBrondo, Rondo has the lowest net rating. He's got the lowest plus minus. He's got the lowest yes. everything that you can come up with, and it's he's not a net negative, but on a team this good. If you're playing 20, like it's really hard to be a net negative. He is relative to his teammates lowest on, on basically every quantifiable measure. Right. And, and Anthony Davis, you know, there will be games where he sets up his teammates really well and he has developed over the last couple of years as a playmaker, but he's not that type of playmaker. No, he's not. So there's, there's really nobody else on this team who really is reliable in that sort of way than LeBron and in fairness to all those other guys, this team was very specifically constructed with LeBron running it. Right. I, I also, like, even like other point like point guards in, in air quotes, like Avery Bradley is close to Le- to Rondo on a lot of these these comparisons. But the flip side is he is a he is a significantly more useful defender. 
um, and all these other things. But you know, he's not exactly a guy. Alex Caruso has not developed along those lines. No, but no, yet. right. None of these. You know, Bradley isn't that kind of point guard. Never sure. has been. Right. Caruso. It's this. You know, to 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 ask him to make that jump from, you know, two way player to regular contract to okay, now we're going to put the ball in your hands and give you, you know, these kinds of responses. Because it's not the offensive. In this day and age with the NBA, like you have to be able to score as a legitimate threat to be yes. kind of that guy as yes. a, as a point guard, and you know, he's Caruso's not that guy yet, right? And this is also too. I mean, this is a point I've made a few times throughout the season, but I I, I think it's worth remembering. This is an area where I think they really miss Demarcus Cousins. Yes, I, I think this is where you maybe more than anything else that ability to be a facilitator from the high and the low post. You know. No matter where Cousins is physically, we saw this last year in the playoffs with Golden State. He is an outstanding passer, and, and he is a true playmaker in that combination of being a scoring threat. So, yes. like Rondo, the problem, the bit, a, I would say the problem, a problem with Rondo is that he doesn't, you don't take him seriously as a scorer. No. And like you let him shoot. I realize his shooting percentages are, are better now than they used to be, but you're still more than happy as an offense. Well, I mean, we, we've it. talked about this before. Like there are, there's gravity that exists because of who a player is. Like Anthony Davis, really is not a great threat from behind the arc. You don't mind him taking those shots, but you will always guard him. Like in the same way, Joel Embiid. Like they have gravity because of who they are. Right, not guarding. Anthony Davis just feels like a bad idea. Right, Rondo actually is kind of a threat from behind the arc, but he he creates no gravity. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter how well he's shooting, he will always be left open. Right, and so you know that that becomes a thing. And so you have and this, he doesn't shoot enough to make teams pay. For you it. have this issue of what happens to the Lakers, and I, I, I obviously in the playoffs it's a different deal because. You know, LeBron's minutes are going to go up. He's not, you know, all these things. He's going to be on the floor more, but he's not going to play 48 minutes. And so the six, six or seven minutes a night or eight minutes, whatever it is, that he isn't on the floor could be pivotal. And, like, you need to be able to go from bad to average in those in those situations. So that's that's issue number one. Um, I'm still a little bit on the fence. I mean, they, I, every day I look it up, and every day, you know, there's still, like, the 11th or 12th or 13th best three-point shooting team in the league. I still don't believe it. Um, some of that is KCP is shooting so far above career norms that I worry about what happens if he tails off a little bit. But in terms of obvious second needs on this team, it's as it's a a wing defender who can I was gonna say get that's out there more and, press, right. that is more pressing. Right. So I'm gonna say like I, this is something kind of in the back of my mind, but like the numbers don't really bear it out. And more important is they need they need a guy on the yes. wing. You you start looking at the teams that have beaten them: the Clippers, the Celtics, the Bucks, the yes. Sixers. All of these are teams that can throw out those large, and they just don't have anybody other really than LeBron. Yeah, I mean it. It was interesting when the Lakers lost that game in Philadelphia the night that LeBron actually, I mean, now really sadly, ironically, passed Kobe on the all time scoring mm -hmm. list. There had been a lot of attention towards Embiid not being there, and obviously that makes a difference. But the Lakers are actually a team that is equipped to deal with Joel Embiid. Like yes. they're, they're really one of the few in the league. You have mobile that, bigs. You have right. long players. Joel here. Embiid is not an issue for them. I actually found the absence of Josh Richardson more telling in that game, particularly when the Lakers lost, because they still, at the end of the day, 
couldn't deal with Ben Simmons and they couldn't deal, deal with, with Tobias, Tobias Harris. Harris. Right. So both of those and Ben Simmons is the point guard nominally. He's a large right. ball He's handling there wing. Correct. And so like there is a pattern here that's emerged over the types of, of players and teams that give the Lakers trouble. Obviously, the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George. That becomes an issue in the playoffs. The Bucs, uh, you know, nobody really guards Giannis, but, um, you know. Except Kawhi. Except Kawhi. Um, maybe they should trade for him. <laughs> so, like, you you, you look through the, the, the what could be coming for them, and, and this is the other really big need. So it's, it's those two. The next question, Andy, becomes who's out there that you can you can go to solve these problems? I mean, which do, if you could only pick one to try to address, which one would it be? I would try to address the lack of wing presence. Uh, the, Interesting. The, the okay. The defender issue. Just because that in particular has become more of a pressing or a, more of a recurring issue against the type of teams that the Lakers would face. Uh, along the way to the finals. Okay, good. So let's start there. Um, I mean, I think you I, can make a case for either. either. Sure, because I'm, I'm actually on the other side of that. So I, I mean, I I don't think either is really the quote unquote correct answer. No, I've if you can little, fix either one, you make your. I've team been better. a little bit more concerned about that, but okay. continue. So here's what I did. Um, it, it's, I think it's both of our style. Whenever possible, is to find uh, someone else who did the work. Yes. Um, and. Thank God for for Jovan Buha, who covers the the Clippers at the Athletic, and is just a, a tireless worker. Well, you know what the difference is, Brian, between he's half our age. I was going to say <laughs> Jovan is young, and because we've talked about this before, yeah. like really doing deep dive, Get, traveling, out there, doing with the, the work. Team, like it's, it's, it's a young hard. man's game. Yeah, and, and we're old. Yes. We're old people. Um, they're at least old enough to know better to let somebody else do it for you. And uh, so Jovan, to his enduring credit, yeah. has already gone and compiled a list of players. And um, you look around the league, there aren't that many guys out there. There, you know, the the big names. You know, Clint Capella is now reportedly on the block. You know, I think they're trying to ship him out of the conference if they can. But Clint Capella doesn't do anything no. for the Lakers. He's not coming here. Tristan Thompson. Uh, is another name that's supposedly out there. Doesn't help, not, the Lakers. doesn't help the Lakers. Not coming here. Kevin Love, same kind of doesn't deal. Really doesn't really help, help the Lakers. Lakers. Um, there's nowhere to play him. Yeah. And so Unless you're going to make Kevin Love your exceptionally expensive sixth man. Right. I don't who know. I just don't games. know what it's like the amount he makes too much. Like it's just right. So on a lot of levels, he makes no the, sense. The names the that are out there are. It's it's a it's a supporting cast kind of trade deadline. There are not going to be, I think, a lot of of franchise changing players out there. And then you combine that with the fact that uh, a like seventy five percent of the league is still kind of in contention for a playoff spot in one one form or another. Um, I'll look up the standings right now, but you know, there's between the the fact that you know the eight seed in the in the east or in the west is still up for grabs you know memphis is there now um they are a game and a half above portland um a game and a half over san antonio four over uh the phoenix suns and five basically four and a half over the pelicans so all of those teams can look at that and go you know we still got a shot um so you combine that with the fact that in the eastern conference there are actually uh two sub 500 like well under 500 teams and the nets and the magic who are on the playoff ladder that even somebody like the bulls or the wizards 
who are three and a half give the the Wizards are 17 and 31 and three and a half games out of a playoff spot. But you look at that and you're them and you go, A, we got to make Bradley Beal happy. We don't want him, you know. Right. B, Recently, he has sounded a little bit discontented and also his agent put out there in so many words, uh, this team being a bleep show cost my client an all-star spot. Right. Do not make Bradley Beal angry. So you have that that phenomenon, Andy, combined with the fact that uh, it's not considered a great draft. So, like, the idea that, like, the the fifth or sixth or, like, this big difference between the sixth pick and the ninth pick, the you know, fourth pick and the seventh pick, whatever it might be, um, it, it's just not there this year. And then the lottery odds have been flattened, so it's even harder to kind of manipulate that anyway. Um, I just don't, I don't see – I think a lot of teams are going to be like, well, screw it. Let's see if we can get in the, uh, in the eighth seed and, and what happens. So – Anyway, so it's that makes it so it's going to be a I think a, a fairly soft market. All right, so I'll throw out some names, starting with the wing guys because uh, that's where you started. Robert Covington. He, I mean, he, great. Yeah, he he would be great. I mean, he's he's equally uh, able to guard three. I mean, he can really guard I think two through two fours, through four, two easy. through four. Yeah. Um, he probably play, pick up your point guard if you need him. If you need him to, he plays the four a lot for Minnesota. Um, he actually mm-hmm. also has a very tradable contract if you yes. ever wanted to flip him. He's again. under contract through 2021-22. Obviously, the Lakers are trying to keep that summer of 21 free. Robert Covington would probably be the easiest player in the league to trade. Right. Assuming he stays healthy, easy, that's a very flippable easy, deal. Right. Um, the problem is... He I mean, makes too much money. He makes too much money, but not that much too much money. He actually makes a decent... $11 million That's true. You can, is reasonable. You can make it work. You can make it work with you, Kuzma, Cousins... Cousins... Quinn Cook. Something, Quinn Cook, something. Minnesota supposedly, I read this morning, I think it was Woj, is asking for two first that's, rounders. That's the, that's the, um, they're not going to get two first rounders, but for a team that thinks they are close, the Clippers, you know, whatever they might have to offer, a, a you know, whatever it is, a team will overpay for Covington because he's the best option out there, both because he's a three and D wing and he's easy to get off if you, when you don't want that contract anymore. So I just don't see a path for the Lakers being able to make that work. It's not going to be easy. It'd be a perfect fit. Unless, here's the thing, unless the Wolves really like Kuzma. I mean, they have to really like Kuzma. They have to love Kuzma. Right, but I'm just saying, if they really like Kuzma, the Lakers have a chance. If they don't really like Kuzma, the Lakers don't. And that, by the way, could be an evergreen statement for a lot of the scenarios that we end up talking about. Now, look, I mean, the Lakers could always involve themselves in, and we'll get, you know, some of the Lakers... They could involve themselves as a third team in this, but I, the generally, when anybody says, "Do you think this three team or four team trade is going to happen?" My answer is no, because they're really hard. To yeah, put I mean, together. look, never say never. The Lakers acquired Dwight Howard through a very complicated four uh, team deal, right. so stuff can happen. But that stuff is much easier to put together in the off season than yes. it is now. And in, like I said, in a situation where everybody's at zero, as opposed to eh, maybe we can make the playoffs, because making the playoffs is a big deal for a lot of these teams. Memphis getting in the playoffs a big deal. New Orleans getting in there's a big deal. Dame Lillard wants to be in the playoffs. And we, and we talked about Washington. All right, so uh, Marcus Morris. You know, it's funny. $15 million. We, remember, we talked about him before. Yes. Um, as like a hypothetical, would you flip Danny Green for Marcus Morris? By the Morris? way, we're talking about Marcus Morris. This is the one on the Knicks on the for Knicks, you, for you guys Marquee. who confuse your Morai. Right. <laughs> well, it, it It's easy. I do it all the time. Well, I mean, they not only are they twins, like their ink is the same. Yeah. Like they do everything the same. 
I mean, like, even their legal issues have been the same. Like, they do everything. At one point, I mean, if people don't remember, in Phoenix, they were, like, sharing a contract, yeah. essentially. Like they, like, they got a lump sum that the team said, divide it up, divide yeah, I'm not, it up amongst I'm not yourselves. Doing that. If I get, if get the opportunity to out-earn you, I'm taking it. No, I'm not worried. <laughs> so I'm not worried about the other way either, Andy. Well, I'm just saying you brought it up, Brian. Both of us work for both of us work for pancakes. <laughs> I don't even like pancakes. I know, but every 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 month it's the best I could get. Every month, the athletic sends us a box of pancakes. Yeah. It's nice of them. <laughs> it's like two weeks worth of breakfast if you put some in the freezer. <laughs> they send us pancakes and a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> An athletic hoodie. Um, which I also eat. You get a hoodie? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Told you you're not you're never out early. I get syrup. You get a hoodie. Um. Anyway, though, like with Marcus Morris, like I I remember a couple podcasts ago, I posed the the total hypothetical. Again, this is not like a reported out thing, but just a total hypothetical of whether the Lakers, if you're forget whether or not it makes sense for the Knicks, because the answer is it probably doesn't. But does anything makes? I mean, exactly. They have thirty seven power forwards. Right. (laughs) Nothing makes sense. But uh, if you're the Lakers. Do you move Danny Green, who you brought in specifically for the playoffs as a two-time champion, as somebody who's been through everything, as a reliable defender, that sort of thing? And he is a better defender on balance than Marcus Morris. Yes. And Marcus Morris is... Not not terrible. He's not not a bad defender, but Danny Green is better better on balance, and he's definitely more experienced. Marcus Morris is bigger. He's more physical. He's somebody that at least from a strength perspective and a size perspective, I think can handle certain matchups that Danny Green can't. Mm-hmm. Green may be a better player on balance, but would you make Maybe. that would you make that type of deal essentially going all in for this year? I see that's the thing is in my head, what I'm trying to think is what hole do I open if I just if I just remove Danny Green and swapped him out and you still got Kuzma, what hole am I opening in the backcourt if I then, like, am I making the Lakers that much more vulnerable to guards? You know, like, because right. I mean, I don't know if I would or I would. I, I think you understand. Like, like Marcus Morris can't. I think Danny Green can guard further down. That is true. Than okay. in, in the into the backcourt than Morris can. Probably. Uh, Morris is a bigger body. Can solve some of that. You know, he can why he can defend up. He can defend up a little more. Are you robbing Peter to pay Paul in that situation? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it, but it's the type of scenario. Morris is having a great year right, shooting the ball. Right. It, but I was going to say, it's the type of scenario that when the season began, I wouldn't have even thought about. Like, it wouldn't have seemed like something you would actually consider. You know, but now it is. And I mean, it's, it's the byproduct of, and this is something that I've talked about a lot over the course of this year, the Lakers don't really have, for all intents and purposes, a true two-way small forward. Who operates right. that way? Yeah, on exactly. The team. And they that really would, that could be Morris. I mean, he's if he's not a you know a great defender, but he's certainly that that sort of three of the three and D, and he's large enough that you can at yes. least thinking and, about the Clippers. And the other reason yeah. you bring this up is unless you're trading Danny Green, this is impossible. It's not possible. Um, but anyway, I mean, then you know Morris's comments, you know about you know. Last week about who was it is uh, playing in a feminine style? Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder playing in a very and I know people people have called those misogynistic, and they are. But it's really it's more. I I always read those things as more like kind of low key like gay slurs. I'm like not sure, but I, like I, just I, because like when you're calling like when you call like male athletes 
girls like you're really getting into that i like don't questioning I mean, honestly, your masculine it doesn't I, really matter one's not better than the other right one isn't better than the other and i and you know i don't it, it may be both I, is kind could, of what i'm it saying it could be both it could be one or the other i i don't want to is uh, that the guy you want to drop into the locker room which yeah. gets in the question marks uh, questions about some of the chemistry issues which we are going to get to because they're critical andre Godala, we've talked about at length they can't get him unless memphis trades them to him that's not going to happen if he's bought out i think there's a good chance he lands here yes but you just got to, I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. That's just a waiting game. And, and hoping you get lucky game. Uh, keeping going down Jovan's list. Again, thanks, Jovan. Uh, Davis Bertans on the Wizards. The Wizards, A, are trying to make the playoffs. B, they're not going to trade Bertans for Kyle Kuzma. I don't think. I would be very surprised. So, skipping that. Bogdanovich we've talked about. We've talked about Bogdan Bogdanovich I would do that. before. I would do it, too. I don't know if the Kings will do it. Uh, there's been some chatter that the Lakers and Kings have had those discussions before, and recently. And recently, and also including a different name on the Kings, Nemanja Balitsia, yes. who is uh, kind of a lunky-looking fellow, uh, but moves pretty well. He's a sneaky good passer. He's one of these Euro guys, just a really good fundamental player. Very good three-point shooter, over 43% on the year. Uh, good rebounder. Um, he offers, though, some of the same issues that you have with Kuzma. He's a better shooter. He's a more consistent he a shooter. shooter. I mean, more you, consistent shooter. But you can't just be like go guard Kawhi Leonard, right? I mean, he he in some ways offers a lot of the same issues that with redundancy that they're dealing now. He's with actually Kuzma. though, I think, harder to get on the floor. He might be. Like, how do you? What kind of lineup do you use where you're closing games, Belizia defensively? I, that's real hard to I figure out. I don't know. I mean, it's got to um, be something that's it's got to be something that's pretty solid with the other four. Thad Young is a good name Thad that's Young. out there. He's a good defender, but he crushes your spacing. Yes. Um. He's, he he would be a good fit on this team. But I'm not giving up. Kyle, I'm not giving up Kyle Kuzma for Thad Young. I feel like here's the thing. It's like you can only you can only trade him once yes. as a, as a something you brought up. I don't think Young. It's so specific. Go guard Kawhi Leonard in a Western Conference Finals, or be part of that mix who can guard. Like that is a. It's a really specific thing to give up that chip also for. A really specific it's a thing, thing you need. I don't know. Hmm. He'd fit in the locker room. He would, he would. He's known as a terrific locker room. Sneaky guy. good guy. A sneaky good player. Not a you know, but he's not much of an offensive player. Really hurts your spacing. Yeah, I mean, he's good on cuts and things like that. I just, I don't know if that's what they need. I don't know. I mean, he helps in certain areas. Um, you know, depending though on the day. Here's the thing though. Depending on the specific day you're talking about, Kuzma can hurt their spacing. That's true. I mean, Kuzma. Kuzma is one of those guys that sometimes will create the gravity base. But like in a second, in, in a second unit where you're trying to take pressure off of LeBron, Thad Young is not well. He's, helpful. He for is that. a better playmaker though than Kuzma. I mean, in that sense, he could maybe help a little bit. A little bit. A little. I mean, more more than Kuzma. He would help more than. I'm Kuzma. sticking to the, that seven assist game Kuzma had. I'm just saying. A I mean, and a half ago he, he would. He is a better. He's ball a mover. much. He is a much better ball handler and playmaker than Kuzma. Right, but he's not good. He's not somebody you don't like. He's not. Iggy. He's not Iggy. No, he's not. Like Iggy. you look at Iggy, he's, like he's, he's Iggy a re- light, really light. Well, I mean that's still heavier. Like, really though, light. But that's heavier than Kuzma. <laughs> I mean that role he is. All right. Well, let's uh, let's look at the. Uh, so my my thing is, I think they got to get another ball handler. I think they have to figure out how to relieve some pressure on LeBron, uh, make those minutes better. Um, and if possible, add shooting. Darren Collison is the obvious answer to these things. Um, I, I I'd like to think they understand what the, the the deal is with that, you know. But there's the problem with Collison. The biggest problem with Collison, in my mind, is it's really hard to not play and then play. 
and just walk in off the streets and be like, I think he'll fit culturally. I think he'll, you know, he'll get it with the Kobe stuff. I think he can, you know, all of these things. He's a veteran, I think, with a a little bit of cachet around the league. Like guys will take him seriously. He can step in if somebody's got to sit. I think he's a big enough name that, and a good enough player and established enough that nobody's going to gripe if they're winning and he's playing well. So that's, he's the obvious one. Guys you might get at the deadline, Derek Rose, that's something that's been talked about. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I think Detroit's going to want more than the Lakers can give. Again, how much do they, much like, do they Kuz? like Kuz? Uh, Dennis Schroeder is on the block, supposedly, in Oklahoma City. He's really hard for them to get. Money-wise, $15.5 million. That is, it can be It can be done. It's difficult. But it's difficult. And then, like, he can score, but is Dennis Schroeder really I, the fit that look, you're man, looking I, for? I will be the first to admit this may be just bias that's built over the course of his career because he's having a legitimately yeah, good Yeah, he's up around season. 40% three-point shooting, scoring 20 points a game. I don't trust Dennis Schroeder. No. I just don't. And, no. and maybe that's me being wrong, but I don't trust him. Because, too, on this team, he's not going to have the ball. Like LeBron is going to have like how do you use Dennis Schroeder in the playoffs? Like what is his role there? I'm not sure. Darren Collison, you can use him as a secondary ball handler and a spot up shooter. He's going to defend. He's going to and he's not going to get in the way. Dennis Schroeder gets in the way. Yeah, I mean he makes often very strange decisions. Like I just I don't trust him. And, no, and again, I agree with you. maybe that's me just having made up my mind. You know, in the face of evidence this season. That should tell me something otherwise. He talks about Ish Smith, about Chris Dunn, about DJ Augustine. I mean, if you, if you told me they were going to get any of those guys, Chris Dunn's kind of an interesting one because he's still pretty young. Uh, ball hawk yes. kind of guys. In some ways, he's almost a little bit better version of Rondo, except he is a wretched shooter. Yeah. I mean, yes, wretched. He is. Yes, he is. So if you think Rondo doesn't hurt you, I mean... Teams will go get a soda while, <laughs> while Chris Dunn is shooting. Like they'll just they'll all just huddle up and go. I mean, like his anti gravity. It's the worst. Yeah. So um, that doesn't really help. I mean, DJ Augustine's not much of a shooter, and he's kind of banged up. I there's not a lot of that. Go sign Darren Collison. I think is the answer to that question. Um, real quick before we go, all of these things though are sort of secondary to another question, which is. Can you and should you make a trade? The can you part, as we talked about, Lakers have very few assets. You can only trade Kuzma once. If you feel like you need to upgrade this offseason, he's probably your best chip. Um, the question there, though, I would ask you, Andy, is is he a rising asset or a falling asset? I don't know. It depends on the day. Like around the league. Because if he's falling, you need to move I mean, him. Look, I agree. I mean, the, the timing of this matters. It's something I wrote about maybe a month ago with Rob Palinka, you know, that this was going to be the next big test that he faces as a general manager, you know, really proving what he can do and how well he evaluates these situations because, you know, I said earlier, you can only trade Kuzma once and you have to trade him, if you're going to, at the right time. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of reasons offered this season that this would be the season to trade him because he's been up and down. He's had difficulty staying healthy. He's, only getting, he's getting closer to the point where somebody's got to pay him. Right. Um, and he has been, you know, the last few games notwithstanding, an awkward fit with LeBron. It's and funny. Anthony like Davis. he's he's almost like 
settled into this. I'm only gonna, he's not going to be a 30 minute night guy. I'm a 20 to 25 minute night guy. Almost. It's like a weird version of the Dwight thing where he just plays with lots he's and played, lots of energy. He's played very well. The last few he's make he's made, he makes a lot of mistakes, but he's playing with a lot of energy that gets him on the re sure. the boards. He's, he's just, he's very active right now, which he is at very the very active. least is good to see. Right. But you, in the playoffs, you know, in these crucial situations, mistakes really become problematic. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also, though, just this looming question with the Lakers, and very specifically, unfortunately, with them, about this being a team right now that is in the process of healing itself from something really traumatic, you know, in, in the wake of Kobe's death. And this is a team that has been through a very specific experience together. And this was a team that was already, in both of our opinions, exceptionally close. This and is so... This is right. a team that is really well bonded. Do you do something that disrupts? Right. By the way, this was disrupts. we were going to have this conversation before right. last week. Yes. And so I, I had actually been writing a piece about it that was set to go either the day of Kobe's death or the next day about how the question of need versus chemistry was going to be something that Rob Paul right. had to think about. And so, you know, who do you put into that's why Marcus Morris, you're like, hmm. Like I don't, I mean, I don't know the guy, but like reputationally, you wonder. Um, but you would, you would have wondered about Demarcus Cousins, and you know he's been, he is, I mean, he hasn't played a, a second this season, isn't going to. He's among the most popular people on the team. Yeah, he is. Um, guys love Demarcus. We're gonna have this, you know. Can you just drop somebody in there? What does it mean for a team that really does have a huge gap between you know one, two, and then three on any given night? Chemistry probably matters more with this group um, than it does in others because it is a lot of intangible stuff that they need to rely on and the the the, and the connection between players really on the tight. court. They this, are really tight. This that, is something that has been going on since the off season. They they have been a really really connected group. You know, and I, we we debate chemistry all the time and its value. I this year for this team because of the, like what I just talked about, I, I the talent layout i think makes chemistry more but, important but that and they've got so now you have this question anyway which is a hard one to answer but you can kind of take the temperature of the team now you drop this horrible tragedy into the center of it and you have to think about it from both sides not just can you what do you potentially disrupt by making a move that because again if you're going to get somebody a, a guy making 15 million dollars definitionally Two or three or four guys have to leave the building. Mm -hmm. What do you lose there? And then is the person that you're bringing in capable of fitting in and kind of adjusting to the context that this team's going to be playing on? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, what what these guys have gone through over the course of last week, you know, at the beginning of finding out about Kobe's death on a team plane together. Yep, and then existing in this fishbowl with you know everybody watching them more than anybody else in terms of how they are dealing. I mean, you know, it's something that's affected the entire league, but how the Lakers are dealing with this is something that has been watched more than anybody else. They've been doing it the entire week in a city that offers them no refuge whatsoever. Everything has just been a constant reminder of what they have been dealing with. And that is something really profound 
to go through together. I mean, yeah. you know, there's that there's that picture that you know I, among many other people, have tweeted out of all those guys on the bench. Yeah. And you you look at that photo, and that photo in and of itself could speak to why you wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I mean, right now, obviously, a roster move would have to be made with it. Um, so there no, there is no addition you can make for free. But it, but it, but I. I at the same I time, I feel like the the easiest thing to do is just try to go sign Darren Collison. Maybe there's a buyout guy, a veteran that you know can you release somebody, which sucks. But you know, I don't know. But I, I mean, here's the thing, the though. Cleanest. I mean, here's the thing. If you're if you're Rob Palinka, you're both taking the temperature of the team right now, but also trying to project how it feels in a week, in a there's, month, in two months. There's zero and way to know. It's also, I mean, it needs to be noted because it's just so awful. There may be nobody involved with this organization who is grieving more than Rob Palinka. And Palinka's forced into this situation yeah. that he has to deal with business that's moving forward. Other GMs around the league are going to feel awkward. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's no there is Rob no Palenka way to, there's no right or wrong answer to this, and there's no way to know what the answer is. I suspect in the end they'll probably stand relatively pat. They'll try maybe to look at at the street free agents when they're available. Um, I would be surprised if they make a, a significant move. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I really feel for everybody involved with this. I feel for this front office because this is not the time when you want to be dealing with it. I feel awful for him. Trade deadline is Thursday at noon out on the West Coast, 3 o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, we'll keep an eye out. Obviously, if, as news pops up, more rumors and stuff, well, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at, at Cambrose, follow Bill Orem. And, uh, and and Brett Dawson and everybody else. Pretty much wall-to-wall coverage. No shortage of coverage going on here at The Athletic. Again, subscribe to the uh, to uh, the Magic Hour at the Forum Club. Uh, rate it. Review it. We do appreciate that. We'll see you guys next time.